Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Monday, March 29th, and the podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. It's a busy podcast today, as there's a lot of news to break down over the weekend, including two games. Uh, We'll begin with Saturday's win over the Buffalo Sabres and some injury news leading into that and then get to yesterday's game against the New Jersey Devils as well as touch on the championship winning Boston Pride, which is very exciting. Before we get to that, let me remind you that if you subscribe to the podcast or when you subscribe to the podcast, each episode will be added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. Please do hit that subscribe button so that you never miss a thing. There could be some instant reaction post-game podcasts coming up down the stretch as these games become even more and more important so you don't want to miss a thing hit that subscribe button you can also follow on twitter at lo boston bruins on instagram the podcast is locked on bruins and you can find me and my dad jokes and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. Now let's get to um saturday's news it began with Brad Marchand landing on the COVID protocol list ahead of the game against the Buffalo Sabres. He joined Jake DeBrusque and Sean Corrali, both of whom have been on the list for over a week now. Bruins assistant coach Kevin Dean was also away from the team because of COVID protocols. Got the whole weekend off. Not sure when he'll be cleared. Um, Joe Sacco took over coaching the defenseman like the old days in Kevin Dean's absence. The Bruins also announced prior to the game against the Sabres that John Moore elected to go under the knife for a hip arthroscopy and a labral repair on March 22nd. He will be out for approximately five to six months, meaning his season is done. So let's get to the game. It was an up and down affair for the Bruins, but a victory nonetheless, one that against the Sabres was expected and it was a bit too close for comfort but thankfully they were able to get the job done again they were without Marchand on the top line Trent Frederick filled in for him they were without uh, DeBrusque and Corrali still out on COVID protocols Carson Kuhlman was out after taking a puck to the hand the game before he had an MRI looks like there was no structural damage but Zach Sinitian filled in for him and it was the secondary scoring that came through once again Uh, Matt Grizzlick opened the scoring for the Bruins and then Nick Ritchie and Craig Smith came through with uh, goals later in the game to give the Bruins the regulation win over the Buffalo Sabres who have now I believe gone winless over their past 17 games. The Bruins came out with a very strong uh, third period, outshooting the Sabres 15-3, with Smith getting the winner with 350 remaining in regulation. And uh, it was great to see those secondary scorers getting on the score sheet. I mentioned on Twitter on Sunday that the Bruins have scored 13 goals over their last five games, 
And only two of them have come from the top line, uh, both from David Pasternak. So slowly but surely, the secondary scoring is starting to come. Uh, Matt Grizzlick, like I mentioned, scored. Charlie McAvoy circled the net a couple times to set up the Nick Ritchie goal. And uh, those two defensemen getting in on the action is certainly helping generate some offense from uh, the forward group. And, And that's really what you need for sure. The power play sputtered in this one. All three goals came five on five, which you love to see. The Bruins, that has been a big source of weakness for this team this season. Bruce Cassidy was happy that they got rewarded. When you're trying to preach something or sell is probably not the right word because every coach in the league talks about a net presence. But when it happens for you, then it's a lot easier to back it up now with your own eyes and video and say this is the things that we need to do to score. Again, Charlie Coyle with a great screen in front of the net on Grizzlick's goal. Uh, Nick Ritchie, Craig Smith both scored from in close and that's kind of what he was preaching previously in terms of how to generate offense. Uh, get the pucks on net, get in front of the net, get in those dirty areas and that's how the offense is going to come. I mentioned McAvoy and Grizzlick. They received some praise from head coach Bruce Cassidy after the game. He said they're real clean. Two schools of thought. One is you have an offensive guys playing together sometimes. You lose something on the other pairs. As we've discussed this internally, that's why the Bruins started them apart. We just thought, but now with the rash of injuries, they thought that they would have one strong pair, split them up periodically, see if they can get some easy transition out of their end against good offensive lines. That can get frustrated. If you look at the first goal from Grizzlick, he walked the blue line, lateral movement, stuff they're trying to get all the younger guys to do better and find a shooting lane. Charlie McAvoy kind of making plays with his feet, going down the wall. So it's kind of both ways offensively, down the wall, across the blue line, and then obviously the skill takes over. And that's what he likes about them. They give the forwards some pucks in good spots, try to match them up as much as possible with a good offensive line and see where it takes us. And it's usually to good places. And this pairing of Grizzlick and McAvoy has been extremely dominant. One of the best in the league, in my opinion. If you look at the underlying numbers, that backs it up as well. They're both offensively minded guys. And that can be good defensively as well. These guys always have the puck on their sticks. They're always good at making transition plays. And, you know, the more time you spend in the offensive zone, the less time you spend in the defensive zone having to defend. And the mindset is trying to be quick with the puck in transition. Get up there, play the fun part of the game, which is the offensive side. And that was something uh, Charlie McAvoy said after the game. He was asked by Kevin Paul DuPont of the Boston Globe kind of what he was thinking when he was circling the net a couple times there. And his answer was he was just playing hockey. He didn't have a specific goal in mind, whether to create some separation to get the puck on net or to get the puck to a forward to score just playing hockey doing his thing and it worked out uh, Dan Vladar got the start in this one he had a bit of a rocky start to it as he gave up the puck trying to play it um, and led to Buffalo's first goal but he settled in made 25 saves for his second victory in as many starts this season Tukarask, of course left after the first period in the previous game and uh, he is out of action or he was out of action for the whole weekend and um, Vladar now joins Rask, Tim Thomas, Blaine Locker, Bill Ranford, 
Mike Moffitt, John Adams, Andre Gill, and Frank Brimzik as the ninth goalie in franchise history to win their first two appearances as a member of the Boston Bruins. Cassidy said he thought he responded well from the turnover. Uh, You don't know from a young guy if he's going to get it in his head or move past it. He did a good job of parking it, made some good saves. He didn't have to make a ton of stops for the Bruins in there, but he made ones when he was supposed to. And all in all, he had a pretty strong game. He could remain up with the Bruins if Tuka Rask remains out for any extended length of time. Hopefully uh, not the case. Jeremy Lozon was able to make his return. First time he played since injuring his hand on February 16th during Boston's win over the Philadelphia Flyers at Lake Tahoe. He wasn't expected to play after Cassidy comments on Friday, but he ended up making his return, played 18-32, three block shots, and uh, yeah, he was good to go. Great to see him back in the lineup. Brandon Carlo skated with injured guys, will continue to do that, but he could join the team for practice here today, and they'll have a better idea of when he might be able to return to the lineup, so encouraging signs there on the blue line. Before we get to Sunday's game against the New Jersey Devils, let's talk for a moment about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting, covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is best during Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is the first of the final four Cookies and Cream versus Cookie Dough Chunk. Two great flavors that you can choose from and vote on which Built Bar is best. As a reminder, you can use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15, 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Locked On Today is the place to get all the latest news from all the major sports. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts and host Peter Bukowski as well as our team of local experts will bring you all the latest from the biggest stories of the day. Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. So Saturday's game, not very encouraging, but at least they got the two points from the lowly Buffalo Sabres on Sunday. Nothing much to take away from it in a positive sense. Shutout, one nothing by the New Jersey Devils. They have failed to score an even-strength goal in each of the five games that they have played against New Jersey this season. They've now been shut out in back-to-back meetings. This is a team that sits seventh in the East Division. Bruins, of course, have aspirations of... Coming out of the East as um, a Final Four team, not really looking that way these days. The Bruins did seem to have some life late in the third period where they apparently tied the game thanks to David Krejci, but the goal was called back after an official review and challenge on the part of Lindy Ruff, who uh, said that there was some goaltender interference. The referees looked at it, and they did indeed Uh, decide that David Krejci had dislodged the puck from Mackenzie Blackwood and uh, the goal was called back. 
Head coach Bruce Cassidy said he thought that could have gone either way. The ref had signaled a goal. It was right in front of the official. Typically, uh, it's supposed to be something egregious in order to have it overturned. Uh, apparently, they thought it was egregious, and the call did not go in Boston's favor. Shortly thereafter, it looked like the Bruins had tied it again. A bouncing puck was whacked toward the goal line by Nick Ritchie, but Mackenzie Blackwood was there with a sprawling right pad save to just barely keep the puck from completely crossing the goal line. It's the second time this season that they've had uh, an apparent goal that didn't quite go over the line. The first was Jake DeBrusque back in New York. Um, and just some pretty bad puck luck for the Bruins on those two. Patrice Bergeron said it is what it is. Unfortunate, obviously. They look at it. There's 20 angles to base it on and make a decision. Have to trust that they made the right decision and move on. And really, there didn't seem to be any conclusive evidence that the puck had indeed crossed the line. Mackenzie Blackwood Stymied the Bruins this season. He's posted a 2-0-1 record with a 9.46 save percentage, including the 40-save shutout on Sunday night. Boston has scored just five goals, four on the power play, one shorthanded against the Devils this season, and they've been blanked 1-0 twice on home ice in the last three weeks. Just incredibly painful to watch the Bruins went 0 for 4 on the power play including a four minute advantage at 449 of the third period after being high sticked or Charlie McAvoy was high sticked uh, they've converted on just seven of 41 opportunities on the power play in March and have dropped to 14th in the NHL for the season Mackenzie Blackwood I know he was solid the Bruins made it somewhat easy on him as they typically do but, um, yeah, just a whole complete lack of scoring. I tweeted after the game that I honestly don't really know what to make of the Bruins right now. Uh, it doesn't seem like they're an add-a-piece-or-two situation. Uh, the whole offensive system seems to be off. Yes, they've had injuries. Yes, they've had COVID issues. Uh, they've had players in and out of the lineup. They've had players up and down the lineup. There hasn't really been that consistency this season, but still, there are talented players on this team, and they just don't seem to be able to be able to create offense specifically at 5-on-5. Five five. Bergeron, the captain, addressed the media after the game. He said, ultimately, we have to battle. We have to find a way. We have to step up to the challenge. It's a great challenge in front of us. We're in a great division, some great teams. We are a great team. We have to keep pushing forward and keep getting better. Now, Bergeron offered a bit of a scare, leaving the game briefly in the second period after taking an inadvertent elbow from Trent Frederick in a scrum along the boards. He went to the locker room, but did return for the third, sporting a cut on his nose, which he said actually could be broken. He didn't get an x-ray yet, uh, but it did look like it was uh, somewhat broken or definitely in bad shape. For this one, Brad Marchand uh, remained in COVID protocol, he, so he missed this one, missed Saturday's game. Obviously, that was uh, a factor in terms of the offense, and hopefully he's able to be cleared and come back for Tuesday's rematch against the New Jersey Devils. Carson Kuhlman and Anton Bleed 
drew in the lineup, subbing in for Greg McKaig and Chris Wagner. And Jacobs Borrell was dropped to the third pair along with Stephen Kampfer. And uh, he said that Borrell and Cliff Clifton hadn't been feeding off each other well over the past couple games. And maybe it may be good for Zboril to get some time with an older guy like Camfer. Uh, he really seemed to thrive alongside Kevin Miller earlier in the season. And, um, you know, he's been struggling a little bit now to manage his game well, Bruce Cassidy said. Uh, so, you know, Jacob Zboril kind of trending downwards at the moment, but hopefully they can get some more out of him Uh coming up and get him back to where he had been at the beginning of the season playing well with Kevin Miller. Uh, So the Bruins again, just a really disappointing, frustrating loss to the New Jersey Devils. Some players did play pretty well. I thought Nick Ritchie had a strong game. He almost had that tying goal. Like I said, he had uh, four shots on goal. Carson Kuhlman also had four shots in only eight minutes. So a nice little energy boost from him. And um, yeah, I really don't know what to say at the moment about this team. Very frustrating. Again, they'll be playing the New Jersey Devils tomorrow night. And hopefully they can get some sort of positive momentum going here. The, the good thing is they're not really in danger at the moment of losing their hold on a playoff spot. There are three points up on the Philadelphia Flyers with a couple games in hand. Uh, the Rangers are also creeping up. They're five points back, but they the Bruins have three games in hand on them. Um, so, no, they're still well positioned here. They are seven points back of the Penguins for third place with four games in hand on them. Uh, so, you know, they're quote-unquote comfortably in uh, fourth place in the East Division at the moment. They'd be in line to play the Capitals. We'll update all this tomorrow as we look at the East Division power rankings. But just a quick update when it comes to possession stats. The Bruins third in the NHL, 5-on-5 when it comes to shot attempt differential, 53.32. However, when it comes to shooting percentage... They are 30th with a 6.29 uh, shooting percentage. Expected goals, they rank, uh, let's see here, 16th at 50.17. So they're getting the shot attempts on net. They are outshooting the opposition, but you could argue that it's either bad puck luck, that that shooting percentage should rise to more of a league average of around 10, or... You could also argue they're not creating enough high-danger chances to really give themselves an opportunity to boost that uh, shooting percentage. So we'll see here on Tuesday if they make any adjustments and if they can get that long-awaited 5-on-5 goal here this season against the New Jersey Devils. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. They have you covered for all sports leagues, as well as award shows and reality TV. Real-time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. An account is free to sign up. Just head to their website or use your mobile device and receive a 50% welcome 
bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up for a free account to get your 50% welcome bonus. Get the upper hand in your fantasy hockey league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On expert Scott Cullen. He'll give you all the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long, dynasty, and daily leagues. Follow Locked On Fantasy Hockey wherever you get podcasts or use the radio.com app. Before we get to some news and notes from around the NHL, a huge shout-out to the Boston Pride, the 2021 Isabel Cup champions, thanks to a 4-3 win over the Minnesota Whitecaps at Warrior Ice Arena on Saturday night. They're the first two-time winner of the Isabel Cup after winning the first back in 2016. Captain Jillian Dempsey, the only player still from that inaugural team that won the championship, was awarded MVP honors. She scored the second of the team's three unanswered goals in the second period and leading the pride to the victory that was a carryover from last season. If you recall, the 2020 Isabel Cup was slated to be played between the pride and the ice Whitecaps, and as it so happened, the two teams advanced to the final on Saturday. Dempsey said, I was in one of my sweet spots. I like shooting from that spot. Everyone out there and did their job and owned their role, battled hard one shift at a time, and that was just our mindset and focus going forward. Proud of this whole group. Dempsey passed the cup to teammate Kaylee Fratkin. She said, Boston certainly has become home. It's been amazing to be part of this kind of growth where we started when we won four games and joined the team in season three to Paul Mara joining us in season four and really building a culture and a winning organization. It's been awesome to do it alongside Jill and uh, other players that have been around here for a while. Shout out to uh, Mallory Soliotis, who's been on the podcast before at your pal Mal. Uh, she scored a huge goal in the semifinal and uh, played really great. You can also go back and listen to my episode with GM Carolyn Pilch to see how this team was built and uh, the uh, yeah, just the long-awaited chance to get another shot at the cup. And uh, huge congratulations to the Pride. Uh, Boston has another championship team to celebrate. Some news and notes from around the NHL. The Florida Panthers appear to have lost Aaron Ekblad for some time. He had a very gruesome-looking injury Sunday against the Dallas Stars. He had to be stretchered off, and that will be a huge loss for the Panthers. Ekblad has been fantastic for them. I believe he's scheduled to get an MRI here on Monday, and they'll see the extent of uh, the damage there. Now, speaking of the Central Division, I don't know if you noticed, but the Nashville Predators are experiencing a bit of a resurgence, which may influence what they do at the deadline. The Panthers, sorry, the Predators now sit fourth in the uh, Central Division, tied with the Chicago Blackhawks for that fourth and final playoff spot. Now, if they're in playoff contention, do they look to trade Matthias Ekholm? Maybe not. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on here as well. Speaking of trades, Eric Stahl was traded to the Montreal Canadiens from the Buffalo Sabres uh, for a couple of draft picks next year, I believe. Uh, so trade wins starting to pick up. 
Again, like I said earlier, I don't know if the Bruins are, you know, one or two pieces away here. Uh, but, you know, Don Sweeney may look to do something sooner than later to get a boost here. Certainly offensively, if you look at the blue line, they could definitely use some help in terms of power play quarterbacking. When Grizzlick was uh, momentarily banged up during the game against the Devils, you had David Krejci out there as uh, the extra defenseman with no other real options other than Charlie McAvoy to deploy on the blue line. So they could really use some uh, offensive touch back there to be sure. As well as, you know, another top six forward. Kyle Palmieri scored against the Bruins. Uh, he could be a guy that they might look at. Speaking of scoring and the Canadians, they did sign Cole Caulfield to his entry-level deal after Wisconsin's season ended. Uh, he's had an amazing collegiate career, and uh, it'll be cool to see him in the NHL. Kind of rooting. I always root for the little guys, and, and I really uh, will be interested to see how he can hang at the NHL level. And finally, due to all the COVID uh, postponements that have occurred around the NHL, the league did announce a restructuring of the 2020-2021 schedule. Several Bruins games have been pushed back, and they have extended the season to go to May 11th. Initially, it was projected that the playoffs would begin as early as May 12th, but uh, teams will be playing on the 10th and 11th to accommodate all these postponements. The Bruins had a few games uh, rescheduled as well. An April 20th game against the Capitals was pushed up to the 11th. A March 20th game that was postponed against the Sabres will now be played on that April 20th date. The March 23rd game that was scheduled to be played against the Islanders will now be played on May 10th. And the Bruins will finish the season on April, sorry, May 11th against the uh, Washington Capitals. So they will be one of those teams that will play uh, as late as possible. And provided they do make the playoffs, they would start, you know, later on that week, uh, not on the 12th, which is the anticipated first day of the playoffs. I believe that's all for NHL news and notes. I hope you all had a great weekend. I enjoyed watching uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier on Friday, as well as the first episode of Mighty Ducks Game Changers. I might talk about it more on the podcast tomorrow, uh, but the Nick character, definitely a standout for me. Very much enjoyed him. My wife and I also started watching the HBO documentary miniseries, The Lady and the Dale, uh, which is about the three-wheeled car that was introduced in the 1970s. Uh, during the U.S. gas crisis as a potential solution uh, and also the con person behind uh, behind that car. It's a really cool uh, documentary and uh, produced by the Duplass brothers, who I very much enjoy as well. So yeah, that's it for today's episode. Please do subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And we'll be back tomorrow to preview another game against the Devils. Uh, to see how things shook out at practice on Monday, if there's any lineup changes coming, and uh, also to update the East Division power rankings. Take care, friends. Have a great start to the week, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Later.